there wasn't a core connection except for the heart of the school. And there's huge Titan pride in that. And as a team, we reflected on our businesses. They promote our teacher of the year. They promote and connect with our sports programs, with our fine arts programs. They are constantly there for us. How do we help them communicate how they are doing as we go through the pandemic, especially in the beginning of the pandemic? Well, we are in a place right now where people are starting to heal and come out of the COVID pandemic. And we had more, I mentioned Teacher of the Year earlier, we had more sponsors to Teacher of the Year than we have ever had. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results, and they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Over the next several weeks, I have the pleasure of hosting the authors of four articles appearing in the American Association of School Administrators, School Administrator Magazine, in the April issue. Dr. Pat Greco joined me last week in Episode 178, Measures That Matter and Decision-Making Rules, to start this series. This week, I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Jennifer Lowry, Superintendent of T-Area School District in T-South Dakota. She has been serving as the district superintendent since June 2012 and received her Doctor of Education in the School District Administration from the University of South Dakota. Prior to becoming the superintendent, Dr. Lowry also served as principal and district curriculum director and a mathematics teacher. Dr. Lowry has also shared with us that her father has been an incredible award-winning educational leader in South Dakota and has helped inspire her to continue to grow and impact education in their community. Dr. Lowry first joined us on the podcast in episode 77, Avoiding the Chaos, to share how their district stays focused on priorities during disruption. In that episode, she shared that T-Area is a young public school district with huge growth. Their community of T-Area is next to the largest city in South Dakota, Sioux Falls, and they're currently growing into each other. You know, today we'll discuss how that growth has impacted this district and how even during a crisis, T-Area schools have served the community as a great service hub. It's my pleasure to welcome Dr. Jennifer Lowry. So it's my pleasure today to introduce to you the superintendent of T-Area School District, Dr. Jennifer Lowry. And Jen, it's so good to have you with us. You've been with us before, but I get to do a solo interview with you today on the school administrator article. So, so glad to have you with us. Thank you so much, Dr. Pilcher. It's an honor to be here. And I really enjoy your podcast and learning from everyone who you interview on a weekly basis. Thank you. It's a lot of lot of fun and uh, just enjoy, enjoy getting to know people and a little bit more about who you are and who people are that we interview as well as the great work that you do. So let's start today and just, you know, as you think about the article that you wrote, you think about the work that you all do in T-Area School District. Now, can you share about your moral compass. You've, you've talked about your moral compass and the, the question you use as an administrative team you know, to define your moral compass. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. The impact of education and in particularly schools became more relevant in the past year's pandemic with the integral pieces that we play, not only in 
economics, but the family and everyone moving together as a community. And our children are our most valuable possession that we have. And I am blessed to have three of my children in the district that I work in. And when I first became superintendent, my oldest was a preschool student and he was just entering kindergarten. And as a first time superintendent and a first time mother, it was a unique opportunity to define what do I want the next 13 years of my son's education to be like? So it just hit at the right time that the theme of my career and the theme of our administrative team is it has to be good enough for your own child. And our moral compass is defined by, would I put my child in that situation? Would I put my child with that teacher? Because there is no greater compliment than trust. And I value the trust that our community puts in our school. And that's the question I ask people. Would you put your own child into that classroom, into that situation, into that vehicle, into that bus? Because they're all of our children. I have three that live with me. And at the moment, (laughs) we have well over 2,000 and growing that I get the great responsibility to be entrusted with. I mean, what a story, just the fact of, you know, starting your superintendent's position and then having your first child in school and really building that moral compass from that. And my guess, Jen, is that not only do you ask that question, but my guess is that people begin to ask that question of each other. I mean, that, I can just see that as people are planning, that's probably like, let's let's go back and look at our moral compass, really ask that question of ourselves. I bet that's embedded in your culture. Our administrative team asks that especially a lot as we make big transitions with what we want for our student. We also ask ourselves, is that how we would want our brother or sister to be treated? And really keeping people at the focus of what we do. Yeah, it's wonderful. You know, you mentioned a few minutes ago that your school district is growing, you know, which is a good problem <laughs> to have, right? It's, it's uh, we don't see that often, but that you, your district's doubled in enrollment in the past seven years. So you, how have you managed that growth and how does that impact the decisions that you make and that your team makes? Every challenge can either be seen as a blessing or something that just carries you down And this district is only 20 years old or almost 20 years old. We have our 18th graduating class this next week, actually. And to manage the growth has been the greatest blessing of my career because it is so exciting. Our connection with Studer really came at the perfect time because the tools that we have gained specifically identifying standards of excellence, I believe will be the most impactful and powerful thing we do in terms of culture moving forward. I have felt over the last three years that my ability to create personal connections has diminished a little bit because of the number of people. I used to be able to easily get to three buildings, about 150 staff members, 
And I cannot feasibly do that on a consistent basis for everyone to know me and understand what I stand for. And it's not fair to not be clear. And the practice of integrating those standards of excellence just is really creating power in that it's not about what I can carry, it's about what we as an organization want to stand for and clearly define on how to be a good team. And so I think that's how we are managing our growth from a culture standpoint. Yeah, that's great. As I've talked to people over the last year, and you and I've had some connections as well, one of the one of the things that I've heard from our partner organizations is that the standards of excellence have been critical, you know, to keeping the foundation strong, so to speak, within the districts and organizations. You know, what I really like about what you're doing and what you've said is as you're growing and you're, tra- I'm sure you're building that transformation within your own system, you're really building that solid foundation with those standards of excellence, which are going to carry you far. As I was reading through the, the article that you wrote in the School Administrator magazine, you explained that your team recognized that you connect with everyone, that connecting with people, and you've just been talking about it, you know, but more importantly, you had the responsibility to connect and care for all. And I heard it a few minutes ago, Jen, and what you were talking about. So what are some of the actions your teams took? in response to this? Our community was a very tight-knit community. The median age is between 27 and 29. So the community connected by being at the baseball fields and the soccer fields and our schools. And all of that just came to a halt. And we worried about our businesses, about our food. There was a weekly paper. There wasn't a core connection except for the heart of the school. And there's huge Titan pride in that. And as a team, we reflected on our businesses. They promote our teacher of the year. They promote and connect with our sports programs, with our fine arts programs. They are constantly there for us. How do we help them communicate how they are doing as we go through the pandemic, especially in the beginning of the pandemic? Well, because of the number of students we have, we have a email system that went out to people and we committed to doing that on a daily basis. We used the tool of a Google document and put it on our homepage that had daily updates from me just to touch base on where we were at. And about three weeks into the pandemic, we reached out to our local businesses. I'm also a member of the chamber board and said, what do you need to get out to the community? Would you like the opportunity to just say where you're at? And so we sent that out through the chamber and then put it on our Facebook. So there was just a link that said, if your hours have changed, if you're still doing takeout food, Could you tell us the rules? It wasn't fancy. It didn't have a lot of marketing. It was just a shared document that we could update for them. So the transmission organization could share how you can still get your car fixed and get to work and how they're keeping their business going. And the local tea tea steakhouse could share what their different protocols were and different specials they were having. So we just connected people and created a central location that didn't cost businesses money and didn't favor any businesses, but they could just provide simple information that was going out to 3,500 people a night, plus whatever was being picked up on our Facebook and Twitter. 
to give an opportunity to communicate in a cost-effective and efficient manner when everything changed almost on an hourly basis of how they could provide services in our community. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, I remember hearing Quint um, talk about in a, to healthcare organizations to apply the best practice you just talked about, Jen. I mean, he was like, as a, you know, as healthcare and as education, we're center points, right, of the community. So he would say to healthcare, you know, build out that community communication because you're touching people in your community. And um, so he, he's ta- I've heard him talk about that as a best practice. That's what you all have done. You really not only serve your students, but you basically were just the place in the community where people knew they could have connections, that you built communications, you had the care and concern, and what a nice service you provided to your community in, in doing that. You know, my guess is that the, the pandemic helped you think that that was important, my guess is that that relationship will just continue, like the communication and what you do will just continue, because now you've just built that into what you do would be my guess. I think it's helped us to get stronger and more connected, and we are in a place right now where people are starting to heal and come out of the COVID pandemic, especially where we are at, and we had more, I mentioned Teacher of the Year earlier, we had more sponsors to Teacher of the Year than we have ever had. Yeah. And we're wonderful. even able to take that those donations and move it into not only Teacher of the Year, but Employee of the Year, which mm-hmm. we are rolling out in alignment with our standards of excellence. So we will have our standards of excellence Employee of the Year for the first time backed by our community vendors or businesses or whatever piece they have as we continue to try to pay it forward and work as a team together. That's wonderful. I love that. How great. What a great outcome and continued work. I'm going to switch gears just a little bit, just looking at some of the things that you and I have talked about and that that you talk about in your article that relates to feedback, Jen. So, you know, how does your team effectively collect and utilize feedback? It's one of the main things that people ask for is we need to provide feedback in a more effective way. So how does your team effectively collect and utilize feedback? And what have the responses been like since you've transitioned to that delivery model and feedback? So I will be completely transparent. Sometimes feedback is heartbreaking. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's personal. There's positives and there's things that you really have to look in the mirror at. And we've tried to get better at not just collecting feedback, but being purposeful in our communication to say, in an effort of continuous improvement, based on this feedback, we are closing the loop to do these three action items. And I think that closing that loop and using the specific language that is constantly the same language that connects them, the feedback to closing the loop and always using that has really helped us move forward. Sometimes it feels like we're moving backwards because they're giving more and more feedback. And so we're kind of in a balancing beam right now with, okay, the more feedback we get, sometimes we struggle with not feeling good enough or being able to achieve all of everyone's needs, but just saying, okay, what can we do today based on this information and be specific that we heard your feedback and here are the two or three action items 
that we're improving to move forward. Yeah, it's a good sign that you're getting more feedback. First of all, doing the right thing to show the show the input to action. It's good that you're getting that more feedback. You know, when people talk about to me, Jen, employee engagement, that is employee engagement. People are becoming more engaged because they want to provide feedback. Why do they want to provide feedback? Because they know you're going to do something with it and that their voice counts. They don't have to probably get their way all the time, but they at least know that people are listening and and you're going to work on that. So, you know, it's also how great for your teams to, to help them, to teach them how to provide good feedback as well. Like how do we really get the right feedback so that we're moving forward in the most positive way. So it does, it stings. It still stings me, Jen. I mean, you know, I mean, I've been doing it for over a decade in terms of really getting that intense feedback, but I have to, I usually take my first 24 hours when, because what does our our eyes go to? It goes to the negative first, right? (laughs) It just goes to the negative. You're like, why? You know, so, but really nice work and and, um, opening yourselves to do that. Let's close today. Just always enjoy connecting with you and your team. You know, I, I have such high regard in the work that you are all are doing and really, really believe in what your future, bright future is going to be. So as, as we close today, will you leave us with some advice or other leaders who want to be prepared to respond to what happens next? You know, as you think about where you are and what happens next, you know, what, what are your reflective thoughts as a leader that you can share with others? So as a leader, you carry a heavy burden and you have to be able to sometimes sit by yourself and know what are the principles that you're going to fall on and in order to sleep at night. And so if you can define the two or three principles, which we've talked about today for me is, is that okay for my own child? Is that how I would want my brother or sister to be treated? Is that how we wanna be remembered? When the decision is really, really tough, be able to come back to two or three questions that you can ask yourself and move forward with peace because leadership is often lonely. So you have to have what your principles are and your core questions so that you can make the best decision for that moment and move forward with peace. Yeah, I wanna thank you. So as I came into this week, have you ever had one of those weeks, Jen, where you come into Monday and it's really like, okay, it's a Monday. And then you go to Tuesday and like, okay, it's still a Monday. And feel, you know, I mean, it's just been um, nothing, nothing bad, but it's just been one of those weeks where I can't wait to get to the end just to get out of this week because it just seems like the, <laughs> the cycle just won't get better, you know, so, and um, to get out of to another place. But what you just said, um, and as I finish this interview, you know, I just, I appreciate this interview because I've had to practice some of what you just said this week and really have to had more deep reflection on how do I make the right decisions from that principled standpoint. So I just appreciate that reflection that you shared. And I know that we as leaders always are going through that or not always, but we're at times we are going through it through that in a more significant way. And the way you put that was was um, very helpful. I bet it's going to help a lot of people out there. So your interview helped me today. So I really appreciate the time. Well, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. As you can see, under Superintendent Lowry's leadership, T-Area School District and the leaders and employees have a relentless focus to achieve excellence. They focus on serving each other, their community, and most of all, their students. So thank you, T-Area School District, for being a great model. K-12 school district for all of us to follow.
To learn more about our upcoming virtual events like our leader roundtables and what's right in education, visit studereducation.com slash events. We have a roundtable every week and would love to see you join us. We're showcasing our school districts just like what I do on the podcast. So join your colleagues in that conversation. And as always, I thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and leave us a review in Apple Podcast or just make a connection to us. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.